Hello? Is there anyone out there? Hello? Did you all forget about me? I'm sorry, I didn't forget about you. This is Joe Enos, and this is a Mo story. I've missed you, and I'm sorry. I've been a bad friend. I missed a week. A lot's been going on here in Seattle, and I'm gonna fill you in, as well as talk about a couple other things that have come out in the news. And so I think we should get started. This is the Mo story. I'm Joe Enos. This is a weekly podcast where I discuss different topics and provide you stories from my own life. Let's skip the formalities and get right to it. On August 12th, I purchased a used convertible BMW in this beautiful Le Mans blue with this pony kind of tan colored interior. And I'm gonna call this car the unicorn as I've been trying to find one that's just like it and haven't had any luck, but it had the M package. It was a 335i, which is a six cylinder with twin turbos. And for those of you who are not into cars, blah, 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 just a whole bunch of great things in this car that I loved and I really, really liked this car. I've been waiting to buy a convertible as I really don't need a second car, but I wanted one because if I don't have my car in the driveway, there's no car in the driveway. And in the past, people have driven up to my driveway um, and often have actually looked into the windows to see if anyone was home. So I came to the conclusion that I needed something in the driveway and what better something than a convertible. That being said, I purchased the convertible, had it here for 10 days. And on August 22nd, I was driving to work on I-5 at Seattle and it had a complete electrical failure on the highway to the point that I barely had enough power to accelerate off of the highway and get to the shoulder. The car had no power to the point that it wouldn't even turn on the hazards on the side of the road. Being a little smarter than the average bear, I had purchased a full bumper to bumper extended warranty on the vehicle, but had left the paperwork on the countertop like a genius. And so I contacted my own insurance and had them tow me to the dealership because one, I wasn't really sure how the warranty worked. And also it had only been 10 days since I purchased this car. So I thought it would be a good place to go, the dealership. And then from there we could figure out where it needed to go. I purchased the BMW from a Ford dealership in Seattle, Bellevue, I should say. And they also have a sister dealership, which is a BMW dealership down the road. So the car gets towed to the Ford dealership. And once I arrived there, they let me know that they would need the information from the warranty. So I walked over to the finance department and the person that I had used for financing was not there, but another gentleman was there and he was able to print me a copy of my insurance policy. I handed it over to the service department and they said they would let me know in just a couple of minutes if I wanted to have a seat. And I waited and waited and waited. And finally they came to get me to let me know that they could not reach the service company. They were not open or not available to provide coverage. Now, this has been 10 days after I bought this car. I got a little heated, I will say. So I walked back over to the finance and I let them know that they had hours to fix this before I started notifying government agencies that the insurance policy that I bought was not meeting up to the expectations as written on the contract. I was also informed then at this time that because they couldn't get coverage, they could not give me a rental car. They had asked the sales department and the sales department denied it and the service department denied it because they were waiting for coverage. They didn't want to just give me a rental on their dime. So I Ubered back home, got my other car, made it to work four and a half hours late and waited to hear back from the service department. 
That was August 22nd, a Tuesday morning. On Wednesday, the 23rd, still awaiting insurance coverage. On Thursday morning, I contacted them to ask if the car had received warranty coverage and when the service was going to be happening. They let me know that they were still awaiting coverage because they were having a difficulty getting a hold of the insurance agency and that the car at that day would probably be going to BMW. They were waiting for a tow truck as well because the sales department was going to cover the service given the fact that the car had only been purchased 10 days prior. I called back before they closed at the end of the day on Thursday to see if the car finally was able to make it to BMW to get the service it needed. They notified me that they were still awaiting a tow truck and that it hadn't made it. Now, up to this point, I was the one driving every single one of these calls and checking to see where the car was. I never received a voluntary call. They were always awaiting, it seemed as if, for me to contact them. And it was getting a little annoying because I, one, I was at work, and two, it wasn't as if I would reach them each time. I'd have to call a couple times. Then, you know, I, I would set a hold for John, who was my service guy, or I would wait in a queue. It was just really annoying. Friday morning, I was then told the car was on a tow truck and it was making it to BMW and that they were going to hook it up to a battery and start doing the diagnostics to see what was wrong with the car. My service receipt even states on the front, customer requests a thorough inspection of the vehicle at this visit. You know in a movie when you're waiting for something and it seems like forever, they always have like an hourglass that you know is tipped over and the sands are going, or you see image of a watch just, just winding and winding and looks like time is just escaping it because it's taking so long. Well, this is what comes next. Saturday, nothing with the car. Sunday, nothing with the car. Monday, called, never got a hold of anybody. Tuesday, finally got a hold of somebody. John tells me that they are awaiting from BMW to see what's going on. They haven't heard back from them. And so I started getting a little unhappy at this point because we are now looking at almost a week that this car has been sitting and I've only owned it for 10 days at this point. Oh, and I missed a very important part. On Thursday, I was off from work and I was trying to figure out why they were having such a difficult time reaching the carrier of the warranty. So I contacted them off the numbers listed on the contract and I pressed the button to indicate I was a service department trying to um, get coverage. They prompted that said they had busier than normal call volumes. And then if I pressed one, they would call me back. So I pressed one and I'm not kidding. I received seven phone calls within 20 minutes from them. And I just didn't answer them because I was just trying to kind of see what was going on. On Tuesday, August 29th, the service individual that helped me, Hunter, sent me a text message notifying me that he needed me to come into the dealership because there had been an issue with my contract that the bank wanted to restructure it. And it was actually going to work in my favor because it was going to lower my payment and asked me where the car was. And I said, it was at BMW, your sister dealership down the street. He replied back to me, who's covering the service? And I said, I don't know. I think either the warranty or the sales department is covering it. And he seemed very confused by that. He then let me know that, well, the warranty is not covering it because it was never registered. He never completed the registration for it. And the sales department, he didn't believe was gonna cover it 
because why would they be covering my car service, even though it was within 10 days of buying the car? That seemed like a lot of internal issues that didn't involve me, but the fact that the warranty was never activated really pissed me off. So on Wednesday, he continued to text me asking me what was going on with the car, if I wanted to give up the car and break the contract, let him know, but he needed to know ASAP. I replied to him, I don't know if I want to get rid of the contract or the car yet. I don't even know what's wrong with it. It has not made it onto anyone's diagnostics. So until I find out what's going on with the car, I can't make that decision. Thursday, same thing. Got a text from him asking me what's going on with the car. And at that point, I started getting a little, let's just say, unpleasant. I contacted John and I said, John, we need to know what the heck's going on with this car. And he said, oh, we're just waiting on BMW. So I contacted BMW myself and they put me on hold. I went through three phone calls. And finally, probably my fourth phone call going through their queue, I got a gentleman who told me that they had determined it needed a new battery and they will be putting a new battery on it today, um, anytime in the morning. And that at five o'clock, if I was in town still, that the vehicle was ready and I could come get it. Oh my gosh, I'm such a ding dong. I'm like a 16 year old with an erection. I keep discharging too quickly and forgetting to tell you the rest of the story. So prior to finding out that I didn't have the warranty coverage and realizing once I looked at all of my um, sales documents that were given to me in a, in a folder, one, I was missing half of the documents. Two, I didn't remember signing half of those documents. Three, the car went up for sale on the dealer's website on August 20th, again on August 24th. On August 26th, it went on another state's um, website on Craigslist for sale, and the Carfax report had changed. It had showed that the car was, one, not for sale, then for sale, and different dates. Mileage was changing constantly on every report, and I had no idea what the hell was going on as, one, I purchased the car, it died. It's waiting for service. Why is it up for sale again? So I started to gauge that maybe the Ford dealership wasn't the most ethical business and might be trying to run a little bait and switch fraud. And so I didn't say anything that I had known that you could see the Carfax had changed as well as all of the different websites that it kept popping up on. Thursday at five o'clock, they contacted me to let me know that the car was ready and I could come get it. Well, I was on my way to Portland for the weekend, and so I let them know that I wouldn't be able to come get it till after the holiday, which would be Tuesday. The strange thing about the car being posted for sale, um, it would end up on one site, then it would disappear. Then you could see some sites it had updated. And so when I was in Portland over the weekend, I received another text from Hunter asking me when I was going to be back and that I definitely needed to come by there and figure this car thing out. Um, and I let him know that the car was done. He then asked me, where was it at? Because he had contacted BMW himself and they couldn't find it in their inventory. And I said, it's there according to them. And so on Sunday, I drove back and went to the dealership to talk to Hunter. Hunter being unaware that I knew that the car was up for sale, that the Carfax had changed many times to show one, that I was never one of the owners, two, that it had been up for sale gone off the Carfax, showed the different dates, had different mileage, all these other things. I put it all together in my folder. And when I got there, let's just say he was rather surprised to see the information that I brought him. 
The first issue was the fact that the warranty was never actually registered to the car to be able to get service. The second issue was where the heck were all the other documents that I was supposed to have from purchasing this car? An odometer reading, a registration form, a bill of sale. He then explained to me that he needed to redo all those because there was an error with the bank um, and they didn't get completed and so he had to redo them. And that because of him redoing that, it canceled the contract and that then had the sales department unknowingly put everything back online. And I told him that that was completely untrue because if that was true, they would have just taken the information that was there and they would have just plastered it up online. No, it had updated photos where you could actually see that my temporary license plate was in the side panel door of the driver. It had new mileage updated regularly and some of the individual listings had updated a couple different times. Don't you think they would have known that that vehicle wasn't there and that it was over at BMW waiting to be serviced? I would think so. And why was it that it was never updated with me as one of the buyers? Because now the car just looks great. It only has you know low miles and it only has two owners. It's amazing. So I explained to him that I felt all of this needed to be fixed. And the way to fix it was that they should give me my service warranty, which was $4,500 free. He said he agreed, but he couldn't approve it. And then I'd have to come back the next day to speak to the sales manager who was out of town. So now on Monday, the holiday, I went back, spoke to the sales manager. We had a long lengthy discussion and he agreed. And so I signed the rest of the contracts. He seemed like a nice gentleman and let me know that he would have the car on Tuesday delivered to him and he would have his service department double check it one more time because I had let him know they're just putting a new battery in it. And everything I've read on BMW, on BMW forums, on YouTube, everything that I had seen stated that when you were driving a vehicle and it dies, complete dead, no power, it is because of the alternator, which they did not replace. So on Tuesday, he contacted me and let me know the car was there at Ford and that he would let me know once it was done. Around 4.30, I left work. I called three times, couldn't get a hold of anybody. I got home, I called another four times, couldn't get a hold of anybody. So the car sat on Tuesday and waited to hear back what the hell was going on. On Wednesday morning, I then kept calling, didn't hear from anybody. So I just shoot, I shot him an email stating, I'm getting an Uber and I'm on my way to come get the car. He replied back, don't get Uber, I'll send somebody to come get you. I waited an hour and a half, no one showed up. So I got an Uber and went down to the dealership. John, my service advisor met me. He printed out the service record and on it, it states that I requested they do a complete uh, thorough investigation and check on the car. You can see it says zero hours. Nothing was done like that. And then on the back page, it just says BMW to replace battery and revisit whether or not further parts or service is needed. No part number, no battery number, no battery model, no battery size, nothing. It just has two little lines that state that they replaced the battery. So me, super excited to have my convertible back. I dropped the top on this baby and I head home. Seven miles away from my house on 405 in a construction zone with no shoulder, the electrical on the car completely dies again. I didn't even have enough power to turn on hazards. I coasted off the highway with a diesel truck behind me, almost hitting me, and 
I then got to a spot where I could leave the car, which was a two-lane road that I blocked for over two hours while I waited for another tow truck from them to come get me. And at the same time, the car started to overheat and started to spew coolant because I'm not sure if that was from the electrical issue originally or if this was a new issue that they might have broken a valve or a hose or something, but it was spewing out. And I had to sit there with the hood up looking like a dork and I didn't even have enough power to put the convertible up to shield myself. Everybody was sorry. Oh my God, we can't believe it. BMW checked it. You know, we even had it here running, blah, 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 blah. Oh my God, we just can't believe it. We're so sorry. Oh my God. Just, you know, I was fucking screaming. I was so pissed. And I called them and I said, why don't you send somebody in a truck from the dealership with one of those battery chargers and get over here to at least charge the battery so I can get this fucking car off the two-lane road? Oh, okay, well, we'll see what we can do. Got to call back. They couldn't find a truck. Got to call back. They couldn't find uh, the battery charger. I'm like, you guys are fucking worthless. So at this point, it's almost been two hours. I was going to literally leave the car, take an Uber to my house and back because I have a battery charger sitting on my countertop that I didn't think about putting in the car because I didn't really think any of this was going to happen. So finally, the tow truck comes, gets the car. He's like, do you want to come with me? I'm like, no. Uh, today is not a day for me to be in a dealership. Let's just state. So I got everything out of the car, gave the tow truck driver the keys, and the car went over to BMW. I then sent an email to the service manager letting him know what I believed was truly happening. And my last paragraph was, I hope that you and the BMW dealership will both have the ability to put your families in a car and have something like this happen so you can understand the helplessness you feel when you're stuck on a road with no way of getting any help and understand that your dealership saved a dollar. I immediately got a call. Joe, please give me a call. Call me back. This is very important. I, I want to talk to you. I'm so sorry. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I didn't answer his call because at that point, had I talked to that man, it would have not been pretty for either of us. So now this is Thursday morning. And I, I decided that I wasn't going to call. I just decided to send an email. And I let them know. Unfortunately, I was not able to return your phone call last evening, given the fact that I was still dealing with the situation of the day and I didn't think that it would be good that I spoke to people who I feel are responsible for my car failing on the road on a highway that had no shoulder and for anywhere for me to get off and didn't even have hazard lights to indicate to people that I was having car issues. But at that point, I wanted them to accept the car back. I wanted full refund and I let them know that any communication forward would be through an attorney and state, federal, and local governments because I was done speaking with them. They replied back in the email that, yes, that's fine. I needed to come sign some form, which I haven't done yet. And so I need to go over there probably today and sign some stupid form to say that I'm giving up the car. And I've verified with the bank and I've looked on my credit report and it's not there. Um, and this will make you giggle. So the Carfax changed on the 6th, which was the day that the vehicle had a second complete electrical failure to show that it had gone to BMW for service of its tire. There was a tire pressure issue that BMW updated the car facts with. Now, remember the week where I sat and waited for somebody to call me back, where BMW you know, didn't even reach out to me and I had to reach out to them and didn't know what the hell was going on. And it was on the sales department at the Ford dealership's dime. Well, now it was on my warranty. 
So I got a text message immediately. Oh, we are so sorry. We have your vehicle here. We will look at it as soon as possible. And a video from the technician as he worked on my car. And he proceeded to implicate himself and the dealership on more fraud. He let me know that the battery that was there prior was not the right battery. It was the wrong amperage. It was an aftermarket battery and it was not registered to the car. So they replaced the battery. But that previous battery killed my alternator. Not that the alternator was dead, it was the previous battery. And so he was able to recharge the new battery, but he wanted to let me know that the alternator was dead. And he caught himself at that point because the alternator was dead when I brought it in the first time and they never did the diagnostics on it. And they let it sit there with a charged battery, which barely had enough power to go seven miles. Let's talk about what really happened. I purchased the car on August 12th. Uh, it was nine o'clock at night when we finished the finance department. I was the last person there. Hunter then was off for four days, I believe, which he didn't complete all the documents the day that I bought the car. And because he was off four days, he then missed the window in Washington state to file all of the documents legally in time. So then he had to redo my contract, if you will, because it was never actually really done. He also made an assumption that he thought I wouldn't want the car. And so he told the sales team to go ahead and put the car back up for sale. In the meantime, John, who was trying to get a hold of the warranty company and couldn't reach them, was actually awaiting to see what the fuck Hunter had done because when they called for coverage, they were told it's not registered. There's no such policy. So the car sat and waited for Hunter to get me back in there to then get the warranty activated again, if possible. So then it would go under the warranty and not the service department. But because the two timelines didn't meet, the sales department said that they would cover it, sent it over to BMW, their sister dealership, where BMW did not do anything to it other than put a battery in, which I don't know if I believe because there's not even a part to indicate there was a new battery. And they went on their merry way because they thought, well, you know what? If he is actually going to sign the documents, he will then have a warranty and the issue will happen again and he'll bring it back and we can take care of all the broken parts in the car under his warranty and not under the dealership. Amen. Isn't that amazing? And if we just keep playing with the Carfax, no one will ever know. And what we'll do too is, is we won't put the true services that are listed there and we'll just remove a couple of the dates. And if we don't put ourselves on there, BMW, this is them speaking, we don't have any service record. We have no legal responsibility and no one will ever know because it will never show that the car came here twice for a failed electrical system. Brilliant. And we'll, oh, we'll take care of him and the car once it comes in under the warranty. Well, they played with the wrong faggot, let me tell you, because let me give you the list of what's happening legally now. So number one, I contacted BMW corporate and I let them know exactly what had happened. And they have opened up a case and we'll have a case manager reviewing it to discuss why their dealership did not do a diagnostic on my car and let me go on the highway and completely fail 
in a construction zone with no shoulder. I keep repeating. A little funny side note. When I spoke to BMW corporate, the woman was really, really nice. And she, I had asked her if they got really good corporate discounts on BMWs. And she said, it's actually very generous what we get. And I thought, oh, wow, that's great. But I let her know at the end of the call. I said, you know, just so you're aware, if there are any rogue BMWs or any that need to be rehomed, um, up for adoption, even the, the ones that don't necessarily listen or are that, you know, well-behaved, I have an extra long driveway and I can definitely adopt a couple extra. I told her, even if you, you know, don't see any right now, maybe put a sign up in your break room letting people know that I'm available to adopt any extra BMWs if you have any. She thought that was cute and giggled. So they sent me on the road with a car that was about to die. So I now filed a complaint with the Highway Safety and Transportation Board. I am in the process of filing a consumer report violation for bait and switch, deceptive practices, fraud with the state's attorney's office, the Washington Department of Motor Vehicles who licensed, licensed their operation and their uh, business license, the Washington Insurance Commissioner because I purchased a warranty that did not meet the expectations of the warranty or even cover anything from the warranty, and the FTC, because they also want to know that they violated bait and switch, deceptive practices, and fraud, as well as the Better Business Bureau and Ford Motor Company Corporate, which I haven't done yet either. And I'm normally a person who doesn't seek legal advice or even seek to extend something into a legal definition, if you will, by going to court and suing for more or whatnot. But for three days, this situation literally put me into a position of almost a depression. I was just so distraught and so upset by the whole thing. And I think really what it was is that I couldn't believe that, now I know what you're going to say, used car salesmen or used car salesmen, but I couldn't believe that people would, one, do this so blatantly and two, just how unethical and, and fraudulent they were. And I think I was more upset for humanity. I, I just, I couldn't believe that you would actually do all these different pieces and, and just Think that one, you know, you're never going to get caught. And two, that it's okay. So I was kind of in a little bit of depression about it. But then I shook myself off and realized, you know what? I'm not going to be the guy that walks away and just lets, you know, everything kind of go because, you know, I'm no longer responsible for the car and I'm getting my down payment back and whatnot. Nope. I've decided that I'm going to take them to small claims court and I'm going to file a $10,000 lawsuit against each of the dealerships um, for fraud, deceptive practices, and the knowing the vehicle was not safe to drive, which is against the law in our state to do that. You have to sell someone a car that is an, a safe mechanical operation, which that was not. And so they'll be possibly in violation of that within the small claims court as well. And so last week I sent my final email to them because I thought, you know what, they are so unethical and such fraudsters that I need to make sure that they know what I meant by I'm giving back the vehicle. So I sent an email stating that I was giving back the, the vehicle to the fact that I had it for 10 days. It sat for 12 days in service and died seven miles after it was done with service of the same complaint that I had it towed there for two weeks prior. And that I wanted all of the contracts that had my signature on them to be voided. And I wanted a copy of them as well as I wanted to let them know that I had not 
forfeited my down payment and that I expected it back and I wanted a timeline on when that would happen. They told me that once I came and signed this form, they would issue it immediately because I knew what they were going to do. They were going to cancel all the contracts and then say, oh no, we don't have, we destroyed them. We don't have anything and, and you have no down payment. I'm not a fool. If they're that fraudster, bunch of fraudsters and unethical, they would have totally done that. And I would have been stuck freaking trying to get my down payment back, which is a pretty hefty down payment. So now you see my dears, why I missed our weekly podcast. I know it was devastating to me to have to miss it. And you probably didn't even recognize it, but I just needed to kind of get my head in order and get all of the pieces that I needed to do and kind of shake myself off a little bit from the whole thing. And I'm back. I'm Joe, I'm a Mo, and I um, took the new vanity license plates that I was going to put on the car, and I took off the little sticker that said BMW on it, and I put my own new sticker on it that says Big Dick Boy. So that will be on my current BMW. And I know, I know, some of you out there are like, oh, cry me a river. Poor Joe and his BMWs and his convertible and whatnot. I get that. I don't. I, I don't want to not acknowledge the fact that, yes, I'm pretty fucking lucky. I do work really hard and a lot, but, you know, it. I am talking about two BMWs, and, it, yeah, it is a little bit ridiculous to me, too. But, unfortunately, that's what I like, and that was the car that I got, and that was the issue that had happened. So, I do recognize that it sounds a little like, poor me, uh, little white boy. So, the final update was, um, today, I received a letter from the bank stating all the new account information. And so I contacted them and asked them if I had still a finance vehicle with them. And according to their records, I did. I looked, it had been seven days and I reread the email that I had sent them that said I wanted to give back the car. And they had stated I had to sign a, a release form um, returning the car. So my down payment was being held and the financing was still happening. I had already canceled the insurance on the car and I have no idea where the car is. So I went down there today and signed the form, which pretty much gave up any legal right that I have to any further claim on the car, which I'm going to also include in my complaint that they make you sign this form in order for you to get your down payment back and to have the financing removed off of your name, which is completely unethical, I think. But we'll see. I'm still going to file all of the individual branches of federal, state, and local government um, agencies that they have violated laws in. And uh, we'll go from there. Now, BMW of Bellevue is technically not off the hook because the sign that the form that I signed is for the Ford dealership. So I'm still looking at possibly doing some legal action against them, but I will keep you posted. Okay, you got to admit, you love Pee-wee's intro to his movies that has a song. I love it. So I'm using that today uh, for the dramatic effects. I wanted to talk about two more things. The first one being Drew Barrymore deciding that during the writer's strike and the actor's strike that she would bring back her show. One of the reasons I read was that she stated that she wanted to get her crew back to work and that she was following very strict guidelines of according to the contract the union had set and she was not violating any of them. 
She had a group of people out protesting as part of just the general protest. And since her show was going to start, they decided to go in and they had union buttons on and they kicked them out of the show. Uh, the article also stated that the president of whatever network it was said that he was happy that the show would be back on air and they were excited to have her as a partner as they move forward with starting the show. Now, I have been a union member. My parents were union members and retired very well from their union. I have a mixed bag of feelings about union. I don't care neither or against. I just always tell people, know your contract and remember these three things. There are three different interests when it comes to labor. One, management's interest in fucking the union, the union's interest in getting members and fucking management, and then your interest. They don't all coincide with each other. So just keep that in mind. When I was at Swedish here in Seattle, they had a contract that stated you were not covered for 90 days as it was a probationary period, but they took their dues out the first paycheck and every two weeks after that, which I thought was ridiculous and I thought that they should have been in trouble for that. But apparently under the Railroad Act, that is legal. Now, I commend Drew Barrymore for bringing her staff back because it is a difficult time when anybody's not working and these things can go on for a while and we know that while solidarity and getting what is earned and what is yours is totally important but also hardships are very very difficult for people so i do commend her for that but i think that personally she's going to be the on the wrong end of history and i think that this is really going to hurt her career because she's kind of being a little loose about it and a little blatant and also not really it doesn't seem as if she's reaching out and trying to work with the union or even have the union there to support her and to say like they've you know discussed it with her and they understand and they're in full uh, agreement and alignment no none of that the understanding that i have of why the actor strike is going on so much longer is because of the actors who are very small or not big time actors and don't have these amazing parts what the union is concerned about is is that they will use them and create AI versions of them and then never have to hire them again because they'll just keep using their livelihood for AI. So they're trying to fight for the little actors, if you will, the people who have less notoriety or less work. Um, and that's also similar to kind of what Drew Barrymore is doing. So I think that it's going to be a challenge for her. And I think she's going to find herself on a really, really bad scale, I think, after this. I hate to say that, and I'm just being honest. I, you know, I see both sides. But I think you have to be a little cautious when it comes to these things because people are very heated. This is their livelihoods. This is their money. This is solidarity. This is friendship. This is all that. It's community. And I think when you have these type of issues, taking the higher ground and not bringing back your show, even though it is going to help your staff, might be the better thing given that there are so many other people out of work. That's just my opinion. And finally, for all those Christians who say that God hates fags, no, not this week. Kim Davis, the idiot clerk from Rowland County, Kentucky, who was refusing to give gay right 
uh, marriage's licensing was one charged by her state for not following state law and following a federal law. And most recently, the judge allowed it to go down to a lower court to be entered into a different type of lawsuit against damages. And today it was announced that the same sex couple that she denied marriage license to were able to sue for $100,000, her directly. So, ha ha ha, take that, put it in your rainbow pipe and smoke it, baby. You should call Lori Smith. Remember the outrageous, amazing crusader of straight rights and websites all over the world. I bet she's somewhere doing amazing things right now. Yeah, right. You know they kicked her to the curb the minute it was over because they don't give a shit about her. And she's probably realizing, oh, fuck, I totally ruined my life for this. And now that attorney's office is going on to the cake boy again. So stupid. And I think that's going to be it for this week. I'm so glad that we are reunited and it feels so good. I missed you. I'm glad that you're listening. I promise I will try to do better and not miss weeks. Um, and I will continue to be looking for new BMWs that hopefully won't die on the highway. And I will keep you posted. As always, I thank you so very much for listening. This is Joe Enos. This is a Mo story. Remember, tell your friends, subscribe, and leave a review. We'll see you next week. Have a good week.